What's up, junior high students? As you can see, I got really excited today when Alexander came home from Costco with a bunch of paper towels because I've been using them every single day and we almost ran out. But as she walked in the door and I got all excited, she told me, they're actually not for you, they're actually for the neighbors. I was like, what, are you kidding me? Um, but I had to stop and think, well, I guess she actually is applying next week's sermon ahead of time. She's applying this sermon that we're about to hear from Philippians chapter four, where Paul says the Philippians were so good for giving generously. So we're not studying paper towels today. We're studying Philippians chapter four. So grab your Bibles. Wow, it's like bowling right there. That's pretty cool. Uh, grab your Bibles and open up to Philippians chapter four, where we're gonna continue what we've been learning in this book. We've only got uh, two more sermons. So this is the second to last sermon we've got in this book where Paul's gonna give us, he's gonna lay out the spiritual superpowers that Christians can, um, they can have and they can do. So we talked about joy first, then we talked about peace, and we talked about having righteous thoughts. We talked about contentment. Now we're talking about generosity. And last week we studied this story where the Philippians gave generously to Paul. Um, this week's sermon is kind of the flip side of last week. So it's about the same event, but it's from a different perspective. So. Last week, we really studied how Paul was able to be content in any and every circumstance. This week, we're talking about how the Philippians were so generous and good to give to Paul. So hopefully you're there in Philippians chapter four. Last week, obviously, we, we studied that verse 13 that says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, which is not really talking about sports. It's really talking about being able to be content and to live a godly life with whatever God supplies us with. Um, so we just came off of that. And now verse 14, check it out. It says this, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, that means when the gospel came to the city, it doesn't mean the beginning of like the, the book of the gospels. Um, so, so when the gospel came to this city, when I left Macedonia, which is the region where Philippi is at, it says no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So he sets it up. He's like, basically no one was, was helping me and financing my trip from Macedonia. Well, except for you guys. So he said, you guys are generous to me. Even back then, verse 16, it says, even in Thessalonica, you sent help for my needs once and again. So He's moving from town to town. And if you remember the book of Acts, Paul goes on these missionary journeys where he goes from city to city preaching in the synagogue. So he goes to Philippi and then he goes to Thessalonica, which is one of the next cities over. It says when they were in Thessalonica, the Philippians still sent gifts and presents and help to Paul. I mean, think about that. Imagine Paul going from city to city and you're a Philippian and you're one of the people that's gonna be a messenger to give help to Paul. That's a big deal. And it was cool that they were traveling from city to city and they were helping Paul. They're basically following Paul with some messengers giving him gifts. So that was a big deal. And now he says, um, and oh, by the way, verse 16 says, um, once and again, it's not like they just did this one time. They did this multiple times. But verse 17 says, not that I seek the gift, so I'm not asking for more, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And in that we find a really good principle about giving that when we give, um, it's like we're storing up credit in a sense with God. God sees our giving and we're storing up credit. It's a good thing that God will reward. Then verse 18 says, I have received full payment and more. Not that Paul needed to be paid, but he's kind of just saying, I've received full payment and more. Um, I'm well supplied, having, having received from Epaphroditus the gift that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. 
the play on words here is he basically says, you guys made me rich. So he's kind of being sarcastic. He's kind of, um, you know, exaggerating a little bit saying, oh yeah, I mean, with the gifts that you guys gave me with Epaphroditus and other people, um, you made me rich. So I've got plenty. So I'm not asking for more, but what you gave me was a good, acceptable and a fragrant offering. It was a sacrifice to God. It was pleasing and acceptable to him. Verse 19 gives us another principle about giving. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Today we're going to talk about generosity because that's what Paul says um, regarding the Philippians, that they were really good at giving. We want to be people who are good at giving like the Philippians were good at giving. And in order to do that, I want you to see that they gave generously. And the title of this sermon is about generosity, right? You see it on the, the, the title of this video. That's one of the last spiritual superpowers that we're gonna talk about today, generosity. How can we be generous and give a lot and be helpful in our giving? Well, I think there's three things, three principles that's laid out here. The points today are super simple. They're only two words each. And the first one you probably already see on your worksheet, it's give, give, give three ways that we can give to be like the Philippians. So check out the first one, and it comes from verses 14, 15, and 16. It says this, in verse 14, talks about how it was kind that they shared his trouble. The Philippians, um, from the beginning of their time as Christians, they were giving generously to Paul. So I want you to think about that for a second. Sometimes we think, maybe as young people, or as junior high students, or as new Christians, sometimes we think that giving and being generous is something that we should let the older people do, or the people who are more mature, or the people who have lived a long time. And while it's a good idea for them to be generous and giving, it's not reserved for them. The Philippians were brand new Christians, and even they were helpfully contributing to Paul's missionary journey. So the first thing I want you to see, and I want you to write down this for point number one, I want you to give quickly. And here's what I mean by that. Don't wait to give. Give quickly. That's point number one. I don't want you to be people who decide that you want to give, but say, well, I don't really have to give. It's not really a responsibility of mine. I mean, I don't make that much money. I'm just a junior high student. It's not really up to me. Well, the Bible says, and it gives us principles that people who are brand new Christians who have just come to the faith, they gave too. And the Philippians are a great example of that. They gave quickly. There's a couple of other principles from scripture. One of them, um, you might know, it's kind of an illustration that Jesus gives. He says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. If you're going to give with your left hand, don't let your right hand know what it's doing. You might say, well, my hands don't really know anything. They don't really make any decisions. Um, well, the idea is, and that comes from Matthew chapter six, verses two to four, and I'll just read it real fast. Um, he talks about giving. He says, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpets before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So he's saying a lot of people when they give, what they do is they like blow the trumpet and they say, announcement, I'm giving, you know, $10,000 and everybody claps and everybody says, oh, they're so good. Jesus says, that's not how we should give. We should give, and verse three says, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Here's the problem. If we make a decision that we wanna give something to someone, or we wanna be generous, or we wanna share with somebody, but then we don't do it, and we wait for a long time to do it, a lot of times, there will be other things that come up that we think are more worthwhile than giving. Our selfishness kind of creeps in. 
If we think I've got this thing that I can give to somebody, the more it stays in our house, the more we think about it, the more we think, well, you know, I could actually really use that. I mean, even with the paper towels, if we kept the paper towels in our house, we wouldn't give them to our neighbors because eventually we would use them if we don't give quickly. And that, that's the idea. It's kind of like um, the opposite of having sticky hands, right? You know, when your hands are all sticky after making uh, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or eating waffles, um, hopefully you don't eat waffles with your hands because that's really gross. But if your hands are sticky, things stick to them, right? The idea here is you want your hands to not be sticky. You don't want to hang on to the things that you have so much so where you're unwilling to give. God wants us to give quickly and generously. And Paul encourages them, or actually Jesus encourages them in Matthew chapter six. He says that your father who sees in secret will reward you. And one of the reasons we don't wanna give perhaps is because we think, well, if I give a lot, um, I'm not gonna have any leftover for myself, right? Well, Jesus encourages the people he's talking to in Matthew six, you should give because God sees it and God is gonna reward you. And Paul says the same thing back in Philippians 4. So if you go back to Philippians 4 and check out verses uh, 17 and 18, he says, um, not that I seek the gift, and I know we've gone over that a million times, it seems, but um, Paul is trying to go over the top to say, I'm not telling you you guys are great at giving just so you'll give me more. Last week I said um, I could tell my mom that um, I really like the Taco Bell gift card she sends me, and I could keep saying that over and over again just so that I could get her to give me more. And Paul's just being overly cautious and clear, I don't want anything else from you. You guys gave me enough. He says, you guys made me rich. It's like, um, you know, if we were talking about food, someone's fed you a lot of food, you're like, well, don't give me any more food. Like you've made me fat, right? You gave me plenty of calories for the day. I have everything I need. So he says that first. And then he says, um, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So when Paul talks about generosity, he's not saying, I want you to be generous so that I can get a lot of stuff. He's saying, I want you to be generous so that God will see it and reward you. So the second point I want you to write down, second way that you can give generously is by giving sacrificially. Give sacrificially. And he even calls it that later on in verse 18. He says that this gift was a sacrifice. It was something that cost them. And something that we might not think about very often is that the Philippians or the Macedonians, the people that live in this region, they were called poor they weren't as rich as some of the other Christians. Um, they weren't like at the very bottom, but they weren't at the very top either. If you look at the, 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 I don't know, the wealth of the Christians, the people in Corinth, they were pretty wealthy. The people in Macedonia, yeah, they were a little less wealthy. The people in Jerusalem who were um, receiving gifts from people, they were really, really poor. So these Macedonians are not like rich people who have tons of stuff that they can just give away for free. When they gave, it was a sacrifice. And that might be what it feels like for you. Well, be encouraged. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17 says this, whoever is generous to the poor or to the needy, someone who needs something, whoever's generous lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. So if you think, okay, I could give, but if I give this thing or, or, or this time or this effort to this person, they're never gonna pay me back. So it's not even worth it for me to give. Just know that the book of Proverbs says, if you do that, you're giving to the Lord and he will repay. And he's a lot more rich than any person that you or I have ever met, right? God is able to supply every need of ours. And he's going to say that later. Um, that's one thing. That's one principle. Another thing um, from that section where Paul was asking the Corinthians for money to help some other Christians, he says this about Jesus. He reminds us about Jesus. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 
It says that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, we might become rich. So think about that. Jesus is rich, right, in every way, right? And he's talking about figuratively here. He made himself poor. And I guess literally, right? Jesus had all the riches of the whole universe as God. He comes down, he's a man, and he's not a rich man, he's a poor man. And being a poor man, um, he gave it all up. And furthermore, he gave up his life. He didn't just give up his stuff, he gave up his whole life. And I think that's what Paul's talking about here. He was rich and he made himself poor for you and for me. And by his poverty, we become rich. By his suffering and death on the cross, we become rich. We have the righteousness that, that Jesus earned. So think about that. When we give, just know we're following the pattern of Jesus. If we give sacrificially in a way that really costs us, in a way that's not easy and just, oh, well, I've got 10 of these. I mean, you could have one of them. Uh, you know, it's a way that gives a lot. And I want you to think through some of those ways that you could give generously right now. Um, I, I kind of glossed over this, but the beginning of chapter four, or uh, not chapter 14, verse 14 in Philippians 4 says, it was kind of you to share my trouble. The idea of sharing or fellowship is a great one because you might think in your house right now, it's not like I'm giving my siblings, you know, a $20 bill. That's not really helpful. But sharing is something that's helpful. So I think that's one way you could be generous as a junior high student right now is by sharing what you have. Um, those of you who are girls, who have sisters, who your younger sisters always want you to be sharing clothes. Um, I've heard stories, my wife tells me stories about that, um, which I never had a little sister who wanted my clothes, which was good. My little sister was like five years younger, plus I'm a guy, so I didn't really share clothes with her. Point is, um, you could share generously and give to those people. Same thing if you got little siblings, little brothers, um, to share the things that you have. Um, more than that, you could also share responsibility. Um, with your parents, you might think, well, um, what does it mean to be generous or to give to my parents? Well, to do things without being asked, to be generous to your mom by you know, unloading the dishwasher without being asked, just taking the trash out on your own. Um, that's a generous, good thing that you could do for your parents that God sees and then he's pleased with. And more than that, your parents will see it and your parents will be pleased with it. It's just worth it for you and I to be generous. Sharing with your siblings, serving your parents, Another thing that you could do is by looking for something, a way that you can be helpful. Um, this might be with your friends too. Um, there could be people right now who you know who are isolated. They're not really able to talk to that many people and you could reach out and you could send them a text or you could send give them a call or do a Zoom FaceTime or whatever. You could even play a game with them on Zoom. You could include them in a group chat. There's ways that you can include people who are isolated. That's an act of service and that's giving because um, it might cost you. And think through ways that um, if you give, it will cost you something. That's what it means to sacrifice. That's what point number two is all about. If you're really gonna give sacrificially, you're gonna give in a way that you miss out on something because you're giving. Uh, and not that that's the point of, of giving to miss out, but that's really what it means. And I think if you start looking past the easy ways of giving and look to a deeper level of giving that's a little bit harder, that's sacrificial, that's where we're really gonna learn how to be generous, like Jesus was generous to us. Another passage, First um, John 3, 16 through 18, where it talks about Jesus's love for us. Um, what, what it says is, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. 
and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Right? And I think love starts with our words, but it certainly doesn't end there. You can do something that's very loving and very helpful with your words by sending someone a text, but I would just challenge you to go even further than that. If that's where your love stops is with your words, but you can't back it up with your actions, just know that that's not exactly the love that Jesus displayed for us. We want to go over the top when it comes to giving and when it comes to being generous, which is why we got to give sacrificially. And Paul calls it a sacrifice. So if you're still in Philippians, which I think you are, Philippians uh, 4.18, this is kind of in the next section we're going to talk about, but it says um, that Epaphroditus was the messenger that gave this sacrificial gift. He uses language like a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And that language should remind you of the Old Testament. I mean, think about... Leviticus and Exodus and even what we're reading about in the DBR in 2 Samuel and 1 Samuel where these people gave sacrifices and they gave gifts to God either at the tabernacle or the temple or just on their own they'd give gifts to God um, it was a sacrifice and what they literally do is they would give an animal that belonged to them and they'd give it to God and the reason they would do that I mean I guess there's a lot of reasons they would do that but the picture we see there is that they're losing out on something and giving it back to God but originally it all came from God so when we look at this a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God just know that verse 19 comes right up next to it and it says and God will supply all of our needs sometimes the reason we don't give is because we're afraid that if we give we won't have our needs taken care of we're afraid that if we give our time or our money or our stuff or our effort to other people, they'll never be able to repay us. And a lot of times that's correct. But this passage and a lot of passages will want you to know that that doesn't really matter. That shouldn't make up our mind for what we're going to give based on who can um, pay us back. In fact, it's good to give to people who can't pay us back, as we looked at earlier in Proverbs, because if we give to people who can't pay us back, we're giving it to the Lord. And point number three, what I want you to write down for this, the third way that we can give generously is this, give fearlessly. What I mean by that, give fearlessly, I mean that when you give, don't be concerned that, oh, I gave this thing, well, will, will God take care of me now? I don't know if I'll have all that I need. Well, you might not have all that you had before, but certainly God will take care of all your needs as it says right here. Um, and there's a passage I want you to turn to. It's a very famous passage about giving but I want you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul talks to, um, I've referenced this a lot, but Paul talks to this group that essentially has been giving to these poor Christians in Jerusalem. And he's talking to the Corinthians and saying, hey, look, the Philippians gave, the Macedonians gave, you guys should give too. And in, this is 2 Corinthians chapter, um, actually chapter 9, sorry, I don't, I don't know if I said chapter 8. Chapter 9, in verses 6 through 8, it talks about um, the way that we want to give. So check it out. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 9, or sorry, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So that is 
plant language that we're not too familiar with. But the idea is if you put a lot of seeds in the ground, what's going to happen? A lot of plants are going to grow up. You put a few seeds in the ground, you give a little bit, few is going to come back. He's talking about giving and receiving. He says in verse 7, each one must give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That means don't just give the set amount that Paul says. He doesn't give a set amount, but he says, um, I don't want you to give because you feel like, oh, I just have to give and I don't want to give, but I'm just going to do it. Right? Don't give with your arms crossed. Right? He says, don't give reluctantly for God loves a cheerful giver. When we think about giving fearlessly, God loves it when we give cheerfully. When we give without fear of, oh no, I wonder if I'm going to be taken care of. It's wrong for us to do that, right? I mean, God's going to supply every need of ours. And, and remembering back to our sermon a couple weeks back from Philippians 4, verse uh, 4 all the way to, to 7, talks about how we shouldn't worry, we should rejoice, but we shouldn't worry because when we worry and we're anxious, we show that we don't trust God, right? This giving, we can give in a way that shows we trust God by giving cheerfully and just giving it over. And verse eight says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. When it comes to giving, when it comes to being able to hand over the things that you have to somebody else, when it comes to maybe celebrating someone's birthday in quarantine by having your family go and, you know, drop off stuff at their house or give them a meal or, you know, do one of these tailgating parties I'm seeing where people show up and they hang out in the back of their trunks, like really far away from each other um, or giving them a drive by on their birthday or whatever that looks like for you. Just know that you got to give cheerfully and you got to give in a way that trusts God because he says, if you give and you give generously, God's able to make all things abound to you. In fact, God is actually able to provide you with more so that you can give more, right? Which is amazing. The more God gives you, the more you ought to give. And and that's the principle here. So um, I know we didn't talk about paper towels, um, but we've got to go over and we've got to get these paper towels to the neighbors.